This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jack Ward. So jammed up at this time of year, I have to hand everything over to my co-host, Mr. David Alt. Thank you very much, Jack. Yes, this is the Sonic Society, the world's showcase of modern audio drama. And I'm David Alt, as Jack Ward mentioned before. And this week, we have two more features, this time from SCP Finds, another interesting SCP podcast horror series, beginning with their premiere episodes, The Voice of 107 and Dash One. And they both begin right here. Uh, and they both begin right here, Jack. Oh, sorry. On the Sonic Society. <laughs> sorry, I'm still marking. Overwatch Command, this is Site 107. Come in. Are we received? I didn't think so. Today is Friday, around hour 1830. We've made rough approximations of the date and time, but due to our present circumstance, it's impossible for us to truly know. We also can't be certain time even functions the same in here as it does on the outside. We are operating on the assumption that it does, if for no other reason than simplicity. The engineering department has established day and night cycles using the lights, so we can at least simulate a normal circadian rhythm without access to the sun. This endeavor would be more effective if the engineering department would make up their minds about when night and day should be and stop switching in the middle of the night or when I'm trying to broadcast. Adjustment to the present situation has proved a bit difficult. There are a lot of unique challenges and we are still unsure if we are adequately covering everything. The office wing had a brief blackout, but maintenance and engineering worked on it and got it up and running after a few minutes. But, quick repairs aside, we will have to keep a closer eye on our electrical and life support systems. The state of SCP-6320 is still shaky. The containment department has been watching it, as usual, making sure no foreign material makes it into the established radius of effect, but since the shift occurred, we haven't seen any instances of SCP-6320-1 yet. SCP-6320 has not changed physically from what research can tell, and we aren't sure if there is a change in its secondary effect. At Dr. Klein's discretion, research is going to continue proper testing soon. Which reminds me, our site director, Dr. Carson, was killed in the breach, along with several of the department heads. The surviving department heads held a meeting to replace the leadership we lost in the shift and named Dr. Beatrix Klein as acting site director. 
Dr. Klein formerly served as the head of research, and from what I heard, there was a bit of dissent in opinions regarding her appointment. She has seniority, and no one here can deny what she has contributed to the Foundation, but apparently some worry about her... spontaneity. All of this is second-hand, on account of my lack of invitation to the meeting. Despite my position as head of the communication department. Dr. Shao, the liaison for the ethics committee who was visiting when the shift happened, got to go to the department head meeting. They are not a department head. Anyway. And now an update on the big spider in my office. Overwatch Command, there is a large spider in my office. It lives in the corner behind the door, and it has been there for... Huh. I don't know. I don't know how long. Well, it's brown. I don't know what kind of spider it is. I'll have to ask research, even though I keep forgetting. Moving on. Another problem we are confronting concerns our food supply. Our water recycling system is still functioning well, so... Running water is still available, but we have had to pool all the food we have to properly ration it across the site. Everything from our personal stores in our quarters, leftovers in the break room, anything that will keep, we have contributed to the kitchen staff. All level zeros have been promoted to level one, seeing as it's pretty much impossible to keep them in the dark about anomalies, now that they're inside one. For now, they and the janitorial staff are being included in the maintenance department. Fortunately, our emergency reserves are pretty extensive to account for the whole site being entirely underground. Had to plan for potential collapses, so we have about 30 five-gallon buckets of barley and oats and other things in storage. That and probably months worth of that powder that they use to make nutrient paste. So... We reliably will not have to worry about starvation for at least a while. Barring another disaster happening to our supply. Knock on wood. The botany department has reported a plan to look into growing a renewable food source inside the greenhouse. We might be able to use some vegetable scraps from the kitchen. No news on that yet. Officer Haldi, head of security, has brought up concerns regarding the state of D-class personnel who survived the shift. There are eight of them in total, and Dr. Klein has made the decision to keep them alive, because we do need all the help we can get. And they can still assist in any future testing of 6320. It sounds like the department heads agree that we can't trust them to fill any other jobs at the moment. Not like we can let a bunch of Nazis and mass murderers run around here. Haldi fears that the D-Class may try to exploit our site's disorganized state to mount an escape attempt. We lost a good portion of our security department, and they are a difficult group to replace. Dr. Klein assured her that management of the D-Class, as well as continued research into the skip, and maintaining our life support systems, are all our number one priority. A handful of field agents were visiting the site alongside Dr. Shao, and they have agreed to assist the security department with their duties. 
but from what I can tell, not all of them particularly get along with each other. Especially certain agents whose names will go unspoken at this juncture as a result of several threats made to me personally using a pair of wire cutters, and my subsequent educated decision that crossing certain agents would be a big mistake. These developments in the Joint of Security and the outside field agents also happened at the department head meeting that I, head of the communication department, was not invited to. Another update. It has moved. The spider. I thought it might have been dead, but it is not. I have decided to name it Holland. Harley and Holland. Best friends forever. Morale is low, the psychology department reports. A few days ago, Dr. Lancaster, head psychologist, declared site-wide that he, Dr. Chapel, and the three interns that make up the department will take on more hours to supply additional therapy sessions to anyone who needs them, which, so far, has been the vast majority of us. This decision, of course, does not cover the actual psychology department themselves. After all, Dr. Lancaster has expressed no small amount of worry for his own department's mental health, especially considering they had to give up their huge, enormous Red Bull cash to the food rationing pile. They can't rely on that to stay up as late as they always do. It's clearly taken a toll on all of them. It was a lot of Red Bull. Like, a serious shit ton of Red Bull. At both the gentle advice of Dr. Lancaster and the cold, terrifying demand of our head medical doctor, Dr. Gravit, we are all spending more time in the greenhouse. Lack of the real sun means we have to get our vitamin D from the sun lamps, so visits have gone from strongly suggested to unwaveringly mandatory. Lancaster worries we're all going to get even more depressed. Dr. Gravit worries we're all going to become weak and feeble. Hmm. So, uh, looks like I'm going to the greenhouse for the first time in... forever. It's not that I take it for granted, I think it was a good idea on Lancaster's part. I've just killed every plant I've ever had. It's like a curse or something. Being near nature is scientifically proven to improve people's mental health, and most of us are buried in this cave for days, so... <sighs> Something tells me Dr. Lancaster never really liked being down here. Um, it was him, he was what told me. All the time. Like, seriously, 90% of what he'd talk about at staff drinks. Poor guy. The botany department does not seem overly excited at the new reality that they'll have to be sharing their space way more than before. I never liked them. Secretive. I think they might be hoarding food that they didn't contribute to the pile. One time, one of them made fun of me because I killed this English ivy I had on my desk. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I think they're shady. And it has nothing to do with my black thumb. Hmm. <laughs> Ahem. <clears throat>
been thinking? Well, I've been thinking about a lot of things, obviously. We're trapped in a pocket dimension for an indefinite period of time, but... I've been thinking about the skip. It... It hasn't done anything uh, since we got here. Research says it's the same size, same shape... Still looks like a mineral deposit vein-shaped rip into outer space. They haven't tried putting anything near it that could make a dash one yet, but... You know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm... Bored. I realize how tremendously ironic that is, given that I'm sealed in limbo in a scenario that can only be accurately described as... Well, science fiction, but nothing has happened. Not, not really, anyway. I wanted to do something. I know that's probably asking for trouble, but hey, trouble is better than pff, waiting. It's like that part in movies where you know something bad is going to happen, but it hasn't yet, and you know that the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be when shit eventually hits the fan. Ugh. In other news... Dr. Harley, this is Dr. Klein. Are you preoccupied? Over. I'm in the middle of a record broadcast. What do you need? Over. Research is introducing a particulate into 6320's effect radius. Can you... Wait, they are? Over. Uh, yeah, they are. Over. Uh, can I get eyes on the test? Uh, for the record. Over. Sure, I don't give a shit. Come up to the surveillance office and see if they can remote the feed to your monitor. Over. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Working on it now. Over. Surveillance, this is communications requesting eyes on 6320, cleared by Dr. Klein. Computer number 28827054. Oh, there it is. God, it's so much smaller than I remember it being. Klein, do you want me relaying the test as it happens? Over. We were originally gonna have you just read off research's report, but uh, if you're here, you might as well. Over. I would much prefer that to reading researchers reports, yes, over. Uh, copy that, but you'll probably have to read the report afterward anyway, over. If I have to read one of the reports, please tell them to stop writing vaguely mean things about the records department in them. R records is getting mad at me for reading them on air, over. I've had it noted in researchers report that as former head of research, the records department can eat my shorts, over. Requesting permission to expunge the previous statement from the record, over. Permission denied, over. <sighs> Okay, this is a live test report, informal structure. Formal information will be reflected in the recording following this initial broadcast, as well as in the physical report turned into the records department by the research department. Dr. Klein is giving the okay hand sign from the viewing booth. D-class... I can't tell which one. Approaching SCP-6320, carrying a petri dish of sugar, I think. Head of research, Dr. Masterson, is giving instructions from the booth. D-class is about ten feet from the object. He's turned towards the booth. Probably asking something. Okay, now he's approaching it, even closer, about five feet away. D-class is now shaking the particulate onto the ground in front of SCP-6320. Probably four feet from the wall. I can't really see it now. Hang on. Uh, Dr. Klein, is it doing anything? I can't see it. It's blending in with the floor. Over. No, 
not yet, but it's been about 10 seconds. Over. Roger that. How long do these usually take? Over. Uh, for that amount, around 32 minutes. Over. Wait, like, specifically 32? Over. It's, uh, it's... It's always 32. Over. Minutes? There's always 32 something. Uh, minutes, seconds, hours, days a couple times, uh, before we'd have a fully created instance. Over. So is that how long we have to wait? Over. I don't know, probably. If it does anything at all. I'd let it do something. So, in the meantime, stand by. Over. Roger that. Over. <sighs> so, now we wait. Oh, shit. I forgot my computer still has Minesweeper. Dr. Harley, we have developments in the test. You copy? Over. Dr. Harley, do you copy? Over. Yo, Harley! <laughs> object is doing the thing. Over. What? It's doing it. Look. Oh. Can... <clears throat> Continuing test results, it looks like they've put a floodlight on it, maybe so I can see it better. I can see it now, the foreign particulate has shifted into a small copy of SCP-6320's shape. It, it looks almost like a complete Dash 1 now. I can't see any individual pieces moving, but Dr. Klein has pressed herself against the glass in the viewing booth and is watching below while grinning and nodding her head repeatedly, so that probably means it's moving? I... I don't know if it's been exactly 32 minutes, but judging by the expressions of the research department in the booth, I think that... Dr. Klein, I've lost the feed. What's your status? Over. Dr. Klein, please confirm your safety. Over. Everything's cool. Don't freak out. That was research. We're, uh, we're trying some new tests on the skip. Oh, also, medical to the containment chamber, please. We have a D-class who smacked his head on the floor. I think he's unconscious. Uh, oops. Alright. That wasn't too bad a tremor. I don't think anybody should have been injured that severely. We'll find out eventually, I suppose. Oh, shit. My mug broke. Damn it. Uh, Harley, are you seeing this? Over. No, I lost connection. Stand by. Over. Surveillance, I lost connection to... Oh. Yeah, that one. Thanks. Alright, I'm back in. Uh, see what? Over. Look at the dash one. Over. Dr. Klein, this camera is like 50 feet away from the skip. I can't see... Oh. Well, the camera's zooming in. Um, it seems surveillance is equally as curious. Stand by. Oh. This is, uh, very fucking cool. Over. I mean... This is also probably very bad news. Over. What we're seeing down there is that instead of disappearing like they usually do, this Dash 1 has turned into an actual copy of SCP-6320. Like, there's a little rift in the floor now. Looks like a... looks like space inside, but it's... maybe a foot long? A little less? Oh, the camera has zoomed back out now. It looks like it's about seven inches long, compared to the original's eight-foot height. Dr. Klein, was it 32 minutes? Over. 
42 minutes and 32 seconds exactly. Over. Huh. I'd like to go on record and report that, uh, this is fucking wild. Over. Recorded. Over. Thank you for your compliance with this test, Dr. Harley. You can, uh, go back to your reporting now. Sorry about the tremor. Now, I have to go see about a little baby rift. Over and out. Over and out. <sighs> well, it, it did something. That's a start. I don't know what it's a start of, exactly, but it's a start of something. A new lead in our research. And well, that's better than nothing. Also, apologies for the informality of our live reporting format of Watch Command. We have no protocol for how to do this. We're figuring it out as we go. I don't think I have anything else to report tonight. Um, supplies are alright for now. Morale is a bit low, but we have developments with the skip. And if news of that spreads as quickly as I think it will, that might boost some spirits around here. Deep down, we are people of science. Men and women of discovery. In a manner of speaking, all humans are creatures of discovery of curiosity, of a sometimes unholy wonder. Where would we be as a species without our drive to know? That's all for now, Overwatch Command. This is Dr. Harley at Site 107. Over and out. And to anybody else who might be listening in, find us alive. Episode 1 was written and produced by Anna McGuire. The voice of Harley is Ian Charles. The voice of Klein is Tasha Ritter. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Twitter at Site107, or email us at findusalivepodcast at gmail.com. This podcast, along with all content relating to the SCP Foundation, is released under a Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. Anna here. Uh, I just wanted to give a very special thanks to Cade Lay, our first patron of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, links to our Patreon and Coffee accounts can be found on our Twitter at Site107. Thanks, Cade. It's been hard on you, hasn't it? You can admit it. It's all right. It's been rough on everybody. I figured this whole thing might present different challenges for you than for other people. So why didn't you call Dr. Chapel? Are you alright? You know you can tell me if something's wrong. Lots of us are having a really hard time. You don't have to try and... Oh. Uh, yeah, um... That, yeah, I think that's normal. Um, uh, considering everything... Um, can you describe it a little bit? Alright. Um, when you start feeling like that, I want you to write it down for me, if you can. If it's still happening next week, we can look at it a little bit closer. Yeah, you said that. Um, but I've, I've just noticed you've been quieter than usual. 
Of course, you're not the only one who's felt different. Weird mental health hiccups all over the site. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's my job. I've been watching everybody. Well, uh, you and I both then, I guess. Additional testing to SCP-6320. Begin log. Test subject. D-837-9834. Supervising researcher. Dr. Masterson, head of research. D-Class instructed to approach SCP-6320-B, the smaller replication created by the previous test. Subject expressed significant reluctance to comply. Subject eventually complied under threat of decreased rations by Dr. Masterson. Director Klein expressed in an earlier statement that D-Class testing will largely decrease under the present circumstances. We no longer have a virtually unlimited supply of them, Klein says. If touching it still does the same thing it did on the outside, we'll need to have as few people touching it as we can, in case we need them later. Dr. Alves, head of containment, made a statement following this. Said Dr. Alves, Dr. Klein has always shown reluctance towards D-class testing. We must use all the tools we have at our disposal in this emergency. We should not be trapped here for long enough to have a later. Dr. Alves has shown some degree of animosity towards Dr. Klein in the wake of upper management's decision to appoint the latter as acting director. D-Class testing continues as follows. D-Class approached SCP-6320-B. Dr. Masterson instructed him to place his hand on the object. After some complaints, subject placed his hand on the object. All previous testing involving direct contact with SCP-6320 yielded the same results, the complete disappearance of the test subject. However, upon making contact with SCP-6320-B, subject... Level BH-9, containment wing, camera BH-95 northeast, 3 o'clock by standard positioning, approximately 1.46 meters, 2 east of door BH-97, time... 7 minutes, 48 seconds. Overwatch Command, this is Dr. Harley at Site 107. Come in, Overwatch Command. Over. You know what's strange about working here? Or living here, as is the present case. I had a couple friends I used to drink with on the outside. They weren't friends, really. They, they were more like drinking buddies. These two that were regulars at the bar under my apartment building. Sometimes I'd drink with them after work. One of them thought their house was haunted. She talked about it all the time. She, she said she felt like she was being watched. And you know what I realized? I literally am being watched. All the time. I'm not high up at all. I'm not an important researcher or anything. The radio booth still has a camera in it. The foundation has cameras everywhere. And it's weird. Uh, for the first couple years, after you really get into it. You know, I don't think there are cameras in our dormitories, but honestly, I wouldn't put it past the people that run this place. I've heard about some of the ways they locate prospective anomalies and can't help but think about where they must have stuck a camera in order to see it. It's probably some poor bastard at Site 19 who's seen me wipe my ass. <laughs> well, who knows. And who cares? I'm never going to meet them, so it doesn't really matter one way or the other. The real watchers aren't ghosts. Or the government. 
It's the Foundation. We're the real Big Brother, if you think about it. I shall now begin my newest segment. Things we are running out of with Dr. Harley. <clears throat> Part 1. Food. Obviously. Paper and pens. Any and all medication. We've run dreadfully short on common cold medicine after the security department all contracted the same minor bug, because it turns out that for the past several days they've all been sharing the site's only known two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper, passing it among themselves in secret like prohibition liquor. Also, prescription drugs. We've had to start rationing everything out among individuals. This has been especially difficult for the people still recovering from injuries sustained in the initial shift, when most of the BC2 wing collapsed. Not a lot of morphine around anymore. Let's see, what else? Oh yeah, soap! Shampoo, laundry detergent, disinfectant, glass cleaner, deodorant, toilet paper, condoms... Uh, <laughs> lots of things. Ran out of alcohol a long time ago. We're going to have to get real creative in the next couple weeks. We've been in here nearly a month now. Dr. Lancaster has taken to passing his guitar around during lunch. Don't know how much it's helping, but some people seem to enjoy it. Psychology's last report indicates a pretty substantial spike in suicide ideation among personnel. Something's wrong. Not surprising, speaking generally. I've even found my own brain going to some dark places sometimes. It isn't very con Approximately 1.48 meters, two east of door BH97 times 16 minutes, 15 seconds. Upon physical contact with SCP-6320-B, D-Class did not vanish as was expected by the research department. Instead, when he put his hand on the small replication, D-Class reported a sharp pain and a tingling sensation and pulled his hand back. Dr. Masterson instructed the subject to keep his hand on the object. Subject refused, saying something about how the object had shocked him. Dr. Masterson allowed D-Class to report to medical alongside two guards. Head of medical, Dr. Gravitt, found no evidence of injury on the subject, save for a darkened mark on the palm of his hand. Seemingly under the skin, no scar tissue to speak of. The mark was amorphous, with no recognizable shape. D-Class complained of... Botany has a substantial lead on a renewable food source, albeit a small one. With upper management's permission, they have collected anything that has the capacity to grow from scraps. Potatoes, romaine heads, anything organic where the seeds aren't compromised. It'll be some time before any of that is able to feed a hundred people, but it's better than nothing. Somehow, we're missing a good deal of the dry grains from storage. Nobody knows where it's gone. Maintenance is looking into pest control. If it really comes down to it, Having mice or rats around might not be the worst thing, should we run out of food completely. <clears throat> I, I think botany is stealing the grains. I don't have a reason, but I, I know it's them. They're sneaky. If I finally get led into the department head meetings, I'll talk to Dr. Klein about- Harley, do you have access to maintenance's comm? Over. Affirmative. Over. 
Could you call down and tell them to check out the hall next to door BH-97? The one that goes into the main containment chamber. Surveillance reported some water damage. Over. Water damage? Water damage? Over? That's what Haldi said surveillance told her. Over. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. Over. Appreciate it. Over and out. Huh. That's weird. Message for Mr. Hodges, head of maintenance. Apparently surveillance found some water damage next to door BH-97. Klein wanted one of you guys to check it out at your earliest convenience. I'm slowly becoming an old-timey switchboard operator, aren't I? God, I miss Wi-Fi. Engineering is actually working on jerry-rigging the site intranet back up. It would certainly make things a thousand times easier for research and records with the testing and everything. We might even get access to an old backup of the Foundation database. Research and containment are keen on that idea, because there's a strong possibility that what we've learned from other dimensional anomalies might give us some insight on how to deal with this one. Dr. Shao from the Ethics Committee has level 4 clearance, so they might be able to get us into some of the more secured information. Hell, if we do get access, I might even read it. I'm level 2, so I wouldn't have access to most of the entries, but I'm starting to get a little bored. I've already read most of my own books a couple times. There's talk about pooling entertainment sources. It's mostly Lancaster's idea, of course. He wants to get a library set up so we can share books and things like DVDs and records. Right now, it looks like 90% of the TV content we have is Klein's extensive anime collection. Not really my taste, but better than nothing, I suppose. I'm accepting that I'll soon have encyclopedic knowledge of several pieces of media, including Dragon Ball Z. 1.93 meters, 2 east of door BH-97, time 26 minutes, 37 seconds. It looks like... looks like... Not like that, not like that, not like that, not like that, look at me. It's wrong. 27 minutes, 3 seconds. Shit, shit, shit. I don't think it's a terribly bad idea, honestly. There's nothing they can't do when several of them put their heads together. The main problem is finding a big enough room. This damn building makes no sense. Hmm? This is security's channel. Security, this is Dr. Harley from Communications. I'm getting blips from your channel. I th think you're running out of batteries or something. Over. Huh. Odd. Oh, hang on. Um, the surveillance office has just put a camera feed on my computer. Um, surveillance, my computer has eyes on a door downstairs, I think? Is this a mistake? Is something going on over there? God, why don't they ever just talk to me? Surveillance, this is Harley in communication. You've remoted one of the security camera feeds to my monitor. Please clarify. The camera just zoomed in a little. Oh. What is that, a water stain? Is that the water damage Klein was talking about? Surveillance? I really don't know what's going on. Please repeat. Over. Watch the water damage. That's a confirmation. Okay.
How are we getting water damage? Where's it coming from? Oh. <laughs> oh. Incident report. Dr. Harley attempts to reach acting site director Dr. Klein multiple times. Dr. Klein's walkie is unresponsive, later shown to have run out of battery power. Dr. Harley is heard in one-sided communication with the site surveillance office in an attempt to locate Dr. Klein. Eventually, Dr. Harley contacts Dr. Masterson, who alerts Dr. Klein of the situation. Via the research department intercom, Dr. Harley informs Dr. Klein of the possible formation of an instance of SCP-6320-1 occurring within a water damage stain located approximately two meters from door BH-97, the entrance to the main containment chamber of SCP-6320. Dr. Klein confirms the formation to be an instance of SCP-6320-1 before exiting the hallway. It is of note that the instance in question began formation approximately 12 meters outside of the object's previously established area of effect. The communication office receives the following message. Translation. 28 minutes, 56 seconds. Security footage shows Dr. Klein entering her quarters for approximately one minute before exiting and returning to containment wing BH-9. She is holding an unknown object underneath her lab coat. Dr. Alves's containment team arrives on scene at the request of Dr. Masterson. Containment team begins establishing a perimeter around the affected wall. Research department personnel are evacuated from the containment chamber and moved beyond the perimeter. The communications office receives the following message. Translation, 31 minutes, 39 seconds. Dr. Klein is seen entering hallway BH-9 and approaching the affected wall. Dr. Alves attempts to stop her. Dr. Klein withdraws her hand from her lab coat and fires at the formation with a flare gun. Dr. Beatrix Klein, Acting Site Director, Clearance Level 6320-4. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Dr. Harley from Communications called me and told me there was a possible Dash 1 forming in the hall outside the containment chamber. With a flare gun, yes. I don't really know. It was sort of the first thing that came to mind. I didn't think my regular gun would quite do it. I, alright, yeah, I admit it was rash, but it worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, secure, contain, protect, not destroy, 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 sure, all that shit. But I, but I wasn't destroying the skip. I was destroying an effect of the skip. We do that all the time. We incinerate all kinds of dash ones. No, I don't think that. Last time we let a Dash 1 complete itself, it shook the entire building. Sure, but I'd rather not risk it if it is the case. I'm going to keep my people safe. That's my first priority. Hey. Obviously, I'm loyal to the Foundation. But the rules are different now. I'm going to break protocol a little bit when I need to. I appreciate the rigid adherence to your job description, but my number one focus is survival. I'm going to break the rules if it means getting everyone out alive. You want to go back on your decision to put me in charge? 
be my guest. Yeah, didn't think so. <sighs> Overwatch Command, we learn something new every day. About ourselves. About the inner workings of our organization. About the dimensional rift under our feet. For example, today we learned that 6320 isn't planning on staying where it's supposed to. The Dash 1 beside door BH97 was halted. But it also occurred roughly 25 meters outside the radius it isn't supposed to leave. We don't know if this means it could happen anywhere, but at Klein's direction we are now acting on the assumption that it could happen anywhere. As I'm broadcasting this, the research department is currently conducting two more particulate tests inside the containment chamber, 30 grams of loose sand in two separate arrangements, three meters from the rift, a couple seconds apart. Dr. Klein has sent out a warning to the site in case we experience another minor tremor, which is expected at this point. I am holding my coffee mug. I will not lose another one. Containment is going to have to revise their methods rather severely after this. I have a nagging worry that things are about to get way more stringent around here. Especially knowing Dr. Alves. Bit of a hard-ass, that one. Good at her job, though. Following this broadcast, I will be meeting with both her and Dr. Cl oh, there goes the first one. How's that quote go? Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three is enemy action? Who said that? Ian Fleming. The third tremor should be happening shortly. I'll give it a minute. Any second now? Any... Oh. The lights are out. Nope, they're back on. Alright then, a little different than the uh, tremors. We'll see what research makes of this. And with that, I think I'll end this broadcast. For the time being, Site-107 is on high alert. Cracks in space-time weave themselves together behind our backs. So for now, we watch. We stay focused. We stay vigilant. We look out for ourselves and for each other. The Foundation excels at watching. This has been Dr. Harley at Site-107. Over and out. And to anyone listening... Find us alive. Episode 2 was written and produced by Anna McGuire. The voice of Harley is Ian Charles. The voice of Lancaster is Jackson McMurray. The voice of Klein is Tasha Ritter. The voice of Officer Radiger is Anna McGuire. Original theme by Jackson McMurray. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Twitter at Site107 or email us at findusalivepodcast at gmail.com. This podcast, along with all content relating to the SCP Foundation, is released under a Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you for listening. And that's this week's show. Please check for show notes and links for SCP Finds at sonicsociety.org. And please join Jack and me next week as we continue the terror on the road. Until then, I'm David Alt. I'm Jack Ward, wishing you all well. Have a great day, everyone. Goodbye, folks.
as being a sonic cinema production. Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the $10,000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian.